Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Layton's Loft. You can find us every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Facebook as well as on the Vintage Breaks YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. What's going on today, Lou? How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, new setup here, so uh, getting used to things, and you know, we'll be tuning this up as we go along. That's great. Well, I'm excited for you because it sounds like it'll uh, you know, be fun and obviously... Uh, can you see your dog stuff? That's great. Yep. Yep. Moving from the home studio to uh, my daughter's new photography studio. She just opened us up at the beginning of February. So we'll That's be doing great. some broadcasts from here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That's great. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, today, we are going to... What's up, Daniel? Afternoon, Rocco. Um, today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I do want to make a few announcements. We're going to be at the atlanta culture collision show this weekend all being well i'll be there but there is some call for potential delay tomorrow uh, for my flight excuse me friday already um yeah. and i'm already i'm only coming back saturday early evening so we'll have to see how that goes but chris will be there <laughs> hopefully i'll be there uh, a few of the other um vintage breaks folks are going to be there as well so come check us out say hi if you're going to be in the area um i heard it's a fun convention which is part of the reason why i'm going the following weekend we're going to be at our favorite, the um, Philadelphia uh, Valley Ford Show from Friday to Sunday. Um, hopefully, we're going to have um, an athlete break. So I'm working on that right now. I'll keep everyone posted. They have some good Ooh. names there. Nice. Uh, so check it out at thephillyshow.com. Afternoon, Tyler. Um, so today, what I'd like we to do Can say hi to Jeff? I haven't with... seen – do you guys know Jeff? Oh. I haven't seen Jeff's hey, Jeff, name before. Welcome to the show, yeah, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff's been, I think, in the Vintage Breaks chat. So, okay, um, great. Welcome, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining us today. Yeah. Um, where I wanted to start, it's a it's a personal favorite of mine. But what happened when a few people reached out to me via email, Lou, and that's how I figured it'd be a good thing to talk about. Was um, you know I've kind of influenced my buddy Chris to collect Type One photographs. There's been some people, you know, some break of maniacs from the community that unsolicited wrote me and said, hey, late, I have a question about a photo um, or two. And then someone else wrote me recently and asked if I would discuss it on the show. So the two things that I believe people want to know is, one, how do you value a photo? And then two, um, you know, what are you looking for when it comes to whether it be should you buy, for example, only baseball or a certain size and higher? Uh, right. from a certain time period. I mean, there's lots of questions. And to be honest, I don't know that I have all the answers, but the good thing, or at least the cool thing, say the good thing, the cool thing, Lou, <laughs> is that I was collecting photos before anyone really thought it was that cool. Now, just like anyone else says, well, if I would have known, I would have bought more. It's, it's like the same thing. But, you know, yep. um, I bought basketball photos that I bet you you can't buy for less than like a thousand-ish dollars each for you know 100 bucks because i just enjoyed you know buying them and then you know you kind of go through phases right um so to kind of bring it back to center the reason why i've always been intrigued by uh photographs and particularly type one photographs and for those of you that don't know there are various types according to the psa you know standards you can check it out at psacard.com but ultimately what type one is it was either produced let's just say within a certain time frame, and I don't know that time frame off the top of my head, but they have all their specs on there. So theoretically, Lou, if you produce the photograph seven days after an event, that's going to be considered a type one photo. 
if you produce something seven years after the event, I don't know that it's a type one photo. It might be a type two or three, depending on their, their rules. And they have certain ways with their authenticators to figure it out. Um, but when it comes to um, how do you value them, let's figure that you're going to always, just like in anything else, you're going to try to find comps. So it's not easy, Lou, to find an exact photograph that has sold before. But, right. for example, if you're buying a Babe Ruth photo, you should know what, like, the worst Babe Ruth photos sell for at auction. Yep. And then even though you're not going to be maybe buying a super-duper expensive one, you should kind of know where the high end of the end of the market is. And then maybe like that notch just above the, 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 the basement of, of where Ruth photos are. And so what I've generally done, especially if photos have gotten more expensive is I'm looking for a diamond in the rough, right? I can't, you know, write these huge checks that, you know, <laughs> maybe some of the super collectors or even investors now can write. Um, so back when, photography wasn't let's say in vogue and people weren't collecting as much Lou I could get away with buying a Jackie Robinson photo that might even be historical for like a thousand or two thousand dollars maybe a couple thousand dollars and now like you're not sniffing that for less than five or ten thousand yeah um you know and and it just kind of trickles down from there so you know in terms of value we're going to cover that in a minute but what I look for is first and foremost do I like the photo and if I don't like the photo, Lou, I'm still willing to buy one as long as it's historical. Other than that, that's what's cool, right? Because the beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. So, like, I'm just making it up. But if there's a photo of Babe Ruth for seven hunch, and I just hate the photo, unless yeah. it's, like, the greatest deal in the world, I'm just not buying it because I don't like it. And I also know it's, it's above the price of, let's say, the worst Ruth photo that I've seen sell. So like, I already know I'm definitely not buying that photo. Yep. Um, so that's kind of like the process of elimination, how I, I deal with some things. And then obviously the challenge is, Lou, what do you do when you find something you like? And so what I want to caution people is it's the same thing kind of like, you know, I don't know. Uh, I can't speak for folks, you know, right? I'm, I would I have a $150 haircut not too long ago or something. You know, like I got caught <laughs> yep. in the city. It was like a big problem. Yep. So, you know, who am I to talk about things? But, but all kidding aside, right? Like, so you can go out and you can buy a really comfortable pair of shoes. It may not have a name brand on it, and it's 30 bucks. I have no idea. I don't buy that many shoes. I'm not yeah. saying sneakers because I know sneakers are very expensive. Oh, yeah. That's a whole but different But yet, deal, if, yeah. you wanna buy, if you want to buy, if you, if you want to buy shoes that are not only maybe comfortable, but also stylish, and then throw in a name brand, I mean, I don't even know anything about shoes. I'm telling you that's 250 to 500 yeah. And I'm, I'm just talking men's shoes. I'm not saying, you know, women's shoes. Because women's shoes, I already know, is like a whole other animal. That's all, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're not going to comment about that. <laughs> um, so so here's the deal. When it comes to photos, it's like it's similar in that regard. In other words, if you just want to buy an old baseball photo, you don't even care if it's the Hall of Famer. You just want to buy something because it's like wanting to own an old baseball card. Lou, right. you could buy an old photograph for 20 bucks or less delivered to your house, which yep. is great. And you may not ever sell it, you may not ever get your money back, but you don't really care because there's almost no downside. And like, that's my point. You should get into the collecting and the photography, just like anything else, I think, in this realm, meaning collectibles. Yes, can you make money? Absolutely, I've been doing it for a long time. However, when it comes to photos, which is something that I really do enjoy and I love, hey, what's going on, Greg? Welcome. Um, 
It's like anything else. You have to balance the collector and the investor at, at the same time, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, for example, and I remember, me, rest in peace, Josh Evans from Leland's. It was more about a painting at the time. It was the Ted Williams oil painting. It was beautiful. Hmm. It was my first year of working there. And, like, let's just say I finally had a few shekels in my pocket. And I'm making up the number, but it's, like, in the vicinity. It was going to cost me between three and five grand. And, you know, it was an auction. And he's like, late, let it go. I'm like, yeah, but the thing's beautiful. You know, like it just, I'm like, Lou, I want, I want the greatest hitter. Like, this is amazing. You know, yep. beautiful painting. So he's like, wait, here's the deal. Find something else you're going to love that you're not going to lose money on. And I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. And so it's kind of like what you were just saying, Lou, that's the game. If you don't care about money, folks, this is the wrong show for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the joking aside, right, if you can write a big check, then God bless, write a big check and buy whatever you'd like i'm happy to still talk about and share my photo knowledge because i have some really nice photos and i have some photos that are really nice that aren't worth that much but it doesn't matter um what's up nick so when it comes to picking out james and i are the say, same person by the way i go exactly what's he saying it's not he says i base it off how many cup of coffees is going to cost me i don't use cup of coffees but i'm always equating things to geez a, a tank of uh, natural gas for my heater or you know how much is this going to cost me based on what else i could do with the money Yep. Well, I think that a lot of us do that. We just have different things that we use for our brain and our yeah. hearts to make it all work in balance. Yep. Um, but in terms of photographs, this is my point. I guess I made it in a roundabout way. If you have an unlimited budget, buy whatever you'd like. But yeah. if you don't, like 99.5% of us, this is what I would say. I caution you. Because even buying the $20 and under photos, unless you have thousands of dollars in budget, you could end up, I'm telling you, just going down a rabbit hole there's some great auction sites that carry photos as part of their big auction, like Heritage, like REA, like Golden. Then there's RMY auctions, which are only photos, and I'm letting kind of like a secret out there. So we'll, we'll drop that in a, in a link on Facebook, Lou, on Layton's Loft, just mm -hmm. because um, you know I think that the community would appreciate that. Um, but then if you want to understand like how you end up owning a great photo, and a great photo can be defined as – being twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand, or 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 greater, point is it, it does take a little bit of work. And so, if you just want to go down the rabbit hole and buy whatever you like, do that. But I caution you, just like you know, folks can have their sneakers add up in their closet or or shoes add up in their closet. You can end up owning dozens, if not hundreds, of photos. And even though you might be like, well, you know, it's it's okay, I can afford it. Sure, I can tell you though, the problem is that first photo you see that's two thousand dollars or whatever the number is, and you don't have the money. But you're like, oh, I do have the money, but I have 37 other photos I have to sell first. That's the problem. Yeah. Because if you have 37 other items, just to do the work to sell 37 items on eBay is like six hours of time. You know, so you just have to think logically about what you're trying to acquire. Um, but enough about, you know, let's say budget and, and such, because that's, that's, it's important, but it's definitely not um, exciting. And to me, it's a little boring. Um, but I think it's important. Uh, and so the thing that's cool is when you have a little bit of money, meaning I'm going to throw out a budget here, 500 to 2,500. Believe it or not, if you have that money for earmarked for an auction, and earmarked for an auction such as I just described, REA, mm -hmm. Heritage, Memory Lane, SCP, you know, whatever the case may be, Lou, you can buy a great photo. Now, keep in mind, though, because I understand you're not going to have that many bullets in the chamber if you're spending that kind of money. You got to decide. 
Do you want to be in love with the photo? Or you don't care if you're in love with the photo, you exclusively want to focus on a historical moment. If you focus on a historical moment, you're likely to at least recoup your money in the future as long as you're not being, um, you know, very right. aggressive. However, and I'll be honest, I have some photos like this in my collection, historical photos, but you don't always love the image because even though it's a historical moment, that doesn't define a beautiful photograph. That makes any sense. Okay, I have problems with the whole type one market here because I, I think sure, you make I think you make your decision when you decide to buy a four figure photo, you know, a type one photo or something like that. Sure. You made your decision, and you have to balance the investment part a little bit stronger because if you just like the shot, and you're going to spend get a reprint of the shot, you know, it doesn't have to be a type one photograph. So I think when you go into that level of photographs, you have to pay attention to the investment side of it. And you have to be cautious about the price and what you're buying. And it has to factor in. I think it was uh, really well put, Lou. Um, and the reason why is because 99.5% of us don't have an unlimited budget. Right. And so um, you nailed it. And I'll tell you, even though it's like a little bit challenging at the same time, it's kind of fun. It's like one of those crossword or jigsaw puzzles, because in other words, you could have your heart set on spending that budget of 525 in an auction. But yet what if a photo actually doesn't meet your criteria or a photo meets your criteria, but then climbs out of your budget. So, you know, you have to figure out where you're going to stop. And this is what I would say. Don't be afraid to bid, but to lose, because that knowledge will allow you to have the confidence to move forward, to bid, whether it be more aggressively or honestly, with more knowledge, knowing that I'm making it up. Hey, you realize that I used to do this. Part of the reason why when I bid in an auction that I'm serious about, or I'm going to spend a bunch of money to find that as tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. I like to bid on a lot of different lots. You know, I don't know why. Because I don't want to be shut out on the final day. I'm like, oh, my God, the three things I liked are all too expensive. Well, the thing is, Lou, I do this professionally also. I do it for the love of it, but I also pay bills, right? Like many yep. of us try to do from our jobs. Sure. And so I'm trying to figure out, is there other lots where I could just make a fair margin and sell them? Um, and, you know, turn them over, break them up, sell if it's just one item. I just have a different community or clientele or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think that it's important to have a game plan. So it kind of goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. If you don't have a plan and you just go really nilly, even if you have a little bit of a budget and you end up owning dozens of photos, you're going to find it difficult to sell all of them at a time where you may want that thousand bucks or a couple thousand bucks. And believe me, you may not win a photo Lou out of all of these, um, you know, different experiences and auctions you partake in, but you will be smarter. And you will be better off and more prepared so that when you do find something, and as as I've like found both at a show in person as well as in auction houses, um, you're gonna know when you get a deal. You know, it's not an efficient market. It's not a perfect yep. market. It's not like a bid ask like the stock market. Right. Now it's funny you bring this up because I watch Pawn Stars occasionally. Uh, half half expecting Dan Walken to walk in here or there, but there was a Type One photograph of the 1919 Red Sox with Babe Ruth's rookie as a rookie on the team. And it was PSA authenticated. 
And one of the questions was, as they were considering buying it, the little seal that the photograph in was cut open, so it could have actually been replaced. So they had to kind of re-verify the authenticity of it. If you're going to get into these types of photographs, authenticity and authentication is vitally important, isn't it? Because you can't tell a type one from any other type of photograph. I personally can, and I feel very confident. Oh, you can? I buy almost all, I buy almost all my photographs not authenticated with the exception of when they start to end up in the auctions and they sell for thousands of dollars. I can't honestly remember what the one that I bid on at that level that wasn't authenticated. Yeah. But, you know, oftentimes, whether it be on eBay, even in some auction houses, but like I said, I guess it's changing, um, or in person at card shows, you can, there's a lot of photographs to be bought and sold with no authentication. And it doesn't mean they're not real. It just means that no one's paid to authenticate them. And that's kind of what's fun about learning the market because oh. if you become knowledgeable, you can literally make scores. You know, and I just, I haven't had the time, but you know, there, there's, there's scores to be had even still, even though they become more popular. Um, you know, the amount of money you might need is a little bit more, um, you know, in terms of budget, you know, to be a player, if you will, or an active collector, buyer slash seller. Um, but you could definitely, um, you know, buy them not authenticated and, and absolutely be fine. You just have to have experience, you know, doing it. Um, I see. I didn't know that was even possible. What kind of things go into figuring out whether it's a type one or a type two photograph or just yeah, a sure. So I, absolutely. So um, something to consider is, for example, if you get something that looks like it was just printed or, you know, appears like you're feeling it like, oh, wow, it doesn't even have a look and it doesn't have the feel. Oh, it's just, right. it's likely like was just reprinted at some later date. Um, however, one of the telltale signs, and it may seem obvious, but I want to share with the community. So you're looking at a photograph and, you know, some guy named Uncle Charlie swears that, you know, he's had it forever. And, you know, he had it the day after Big Ruth did this. But like, you're looking at the photograph and it's really blurry. Yeah. So what happens is the further out you get from type ones, generally, because they were struck later or struck from a negative from a negative, they become a little bit less clear and, and they're, you know, the clarity is lacking. So okay. I'm not saying that's every time, but no doubt that if that's an issue, that's a major red flag. If you're buying something that's not authenticated and they're swearing to you up and down that it's a type one photo, like maybe it is, but I might err on the side of caution on that one and steer and steer away from that. Yeah. Paper quality probably plays into this print quality, you know, the quality of the paper, the print, the print is on probably plays into this too, right? Very much so. But if you've had stacks like I've had, in my hands or in my possession and gone through them, it's just like cards. You kind of just developed a, you know, you, you, a look and a feel and like you just know what authentic photographs should feel like from a newspaper archive. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to run out of time. And I do want to talk about this for a few minutes. So sure. I know a lot of folks who are trying to dive into the market, whether it be a little bit or heavily, um, they want to know how I value a photo. And so there's no exact science, but I can tell you off the top of my head, Robert Edwards and Heritage have a very robust completed auctions database, mm -hmm. which you can access either for free or you have to just register for their site. And even though, um, you know, I bid actively with them, um, even if I didn't, I would register with their sites just to have access to their information. Um, so what's nice is Lou, I'm making it up, but if you want to look up Babe Ruth photo, you go to robertedwards.com, you go to their, um, completed auctions database, you choose all auctions, you literally choose by your most recent bids. 
So that's the photo that sold the most recent. You can also sort mm -hmm. by price, meaning highest to lowest, high, lowest to highest, et cetera. So my point is, even though there's not an exact way to value um, maybe the photo you're looking at, you absolutely can get guidance from the information that's available at your fingertips over the web. Um, and then of course, what happens is because you yourself as a collector are now diving in, like I try to bid on all the Jackie Robinson photos and you know, that I can see at auctions, even if I don't win them, I like to place the bid so I can see what they end at, meaning like on my, my bid sure. items list. Um, yep. So I can just kind of know the market, you know, cause I have a few in my own uh, collection um, as well as, uh, you know, other players like that. And so if you're bidding on, for example, and this is where I wanted to kind of try to drop a nugget of information that I found helpful for myself, because I know other people, especially if you're a novice, um, might value this as far as buying photographs, especially like, you know, you're going to start to spend some real dollars on it. Um, so let's just say, Lou, you're looking at and you feel like the Jackie Robinson photos, uh, base wire photo sells for 500, somewhat better, or like a uniform sells for a thousand plus. And if it's from, you know, 1952 or earlier, it could be 1500, you know, and, and I'm making up these prices, but sure. But that's yeah. just, you know, what they go for. And, you know, if you see, and if it's something special, special can be defined in a variety of different ways, it could go for two to 5,000. So what happens is you see a photo and you're like, oh my God, this is a beautiful photo or a gorgeous photo. And then you're like, oh my God, not only is it a beautiful photo, but like that's the moment. I'm making up whatever the moment is. Okay. Yep. So you're like, you're like, oh wow. You're kind of like salivating as a collector. You're like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's getting a little getting a little hot in here. Like you literally feel like your finger as tremors, like it wants to bid really badly. Um, but you know, you're trying to you're trying to hold on just because you know you want to be you want to be um, you know balanced in your approach. And you know, the auction's not ending that night, so the most you can do is is you know just bid once um, and and get your bid in so you're eligible for the final night. Um, and so here's the deal. If you find something that you love as a photo, but it also checks off the following other boxes. Type one is obvious, okay? Yeah. But you love, you type one, you love the photo. Um, it is also historical. Yep. Is it also at least seven by nine or eight by 10 or bigger? And um, it's gonna be hard for me to say this because I'm a collector also. <laughs> you can see yourself selling it in the future, unknown the future amount of time. Because yeah. what's happened is I've had good taste and I thought I've spent too much. And then literally by like two auctions later, I'm like, oh, fuck, I could have bought two others of those. And I, it would have been like buying it with free money because that's like how much the market is appreciated. So what I'm saying is like trust your instinct. If you become good at it, you're going to know because at the very least you're enjoying what you're acquiring and you can afford to acquire it, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then if you end up, and I've only sold a few photographs, and if you end up, you know, in the in the buying and selling aspect of it, you're going to see, and this is kind of what I explained to a few of my friends who are not collecting them. I wouldn't say that they're all one of ones. That's not what I'm saying. But they're a lot more rare than you think. You know, Babe Ruth, for as many cards and Gaudis as he had, he has not that many photographs from 1933 available. I'm telling you right now. If you think about his early years, like, I mean, even his rookie cards, which are pretty rare, he has yeah. very few rookie year photos available. Um so, you know, I like, I like being able to 
you know, hit that proverbial home run and hitting that checklist on all aspects. But it's not easy to do. And be clear, because more people are now collecting photographs or and or investing in photographs, it's not as easy as it used to be. So what's nice is, um, and I've seen this, even though I haven't pulled the trigger, but I've been close. I pulled the trigger years ago at shows all the time on photos because it felt like it was so cheap. It was it was the right move, and it was the right move. Right. Yep. So now when I look at photos at shows that I like, they tend to range from 500 to 5,000. But because I actively bid in auctions, I'll know it when I see it. I've liked a few, but I've held off probably the last 18 months of buying a photo at a show. I bought other photos. I bought photos from other places um, because it was expensive and, it, it, you know, they were good, but they weren't great. Yeah, you touched on a couple of questions I wanted to ask. First of all, the market in general, you said it's appreciated. So I'm guessing if we graph it out, uh, photos are getting hot, much yeah. like the rest of the industry. Yeah, yes, yep. they are. And you said you kind of sent it around auction houses at first and shows, and I guess eBay is a factor too. Do you pay top price at the auctions, and are there places to get better prices, or or is it kind of you can fish all these markets and still come out with some good buys? Well, you can still come out with some good buys in all of them, but understand it's about availability. So. You know, at auction houses, you might think that you're overpaying because, oh, my God, I just spent $4,000 on Jackie Robinson photo. Oh, this is a good trick. So if you're not sure beyond what I just described about these databases of completed auctions, and of course, everyone knows about eBay completed auctions. However, mm -hmm. for example, go put in Jackie Robinson photo on eBay. And if the cheapest photo you can buy is a making it up a thousand dollars and the photo you're about to bid on at auction is 800 and you love yeah. it and it's an ugly photo on eBay. <laughs> I'm just saying like your, your litmus test, you've passed it. Um, in terms of it not being wickedly overpriced, uh, wickedly overpriced Lou. That's like buying the cheapest house in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right, so shop eBay, shop uh, the shows, shop auction houses, but make sure you have an idea always of the comps and where the market is, right? Absolutely. And if you'd like to email me direct, you can, Leighton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, at justcollect.com. I'd be happy to check out a photograph for you. Um, if I am bidding on it, I will let you know. Um, <laughs> but I generally try to stay away and not be competitive with my friends and you know fellow collectors <laughs> yeah. and breaker maniacs. Um, we are going to give away... Um, a $100 break credit today, courtesy of Vintage Breaks, Otia Sports, nice. and Just Collect. And the reason why we're going to do that is we want someone who wins to be able to spend all that, not only enjoy their spots and their breaks on our website at vintagebreaks.com, but they're also going to have some satisfaction knowing that's going to get them a free entry in our after-party bonus that is ending soon on March 5th at 3 p.m. We're giving away a bunch of nice break credit. 1953 top Jackie Robinson and SGC two and a half and a whole lot more. So it's going to be a great final weekend live from the Philly show. I'm just uh, I guess not this weekend, next weekend. So thanks for tuning in today to Layton's loft, everybody. And we hope to see you next Wednesday at 1 30 PM Eastern time.